Praise God. Father, thank you so much for this time we have together. I ask for the help of the Holy Spirit to minister effectively with clarity to these, your precious sheep. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Amen. Of all of the benefits of the new birth, I believe that one of the greatest benefits is the ability to hear from God personally. You know, instead of going through life blindly, you and I can have the wisdom of God to guide us and to protect us. The Lord is constantly speaking to us and constantly giving us direction. He is speaking. The question is, is are we hearing? In John chapter 10, we notice in verses 3 through 5 that Jesus, the good shepherd, is talking about his headship and his shepherdship over the church. And he says in verse 3, To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. That's good news for you. He knows your name. And he leads us out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger we will not follow. But will flee from him, for we do not know the voice of strangers. Notice particular attention to verse 3. His sheep hear his voice. It didn't say that we should hear his voice. It didn't say that we can hear his voice. He emphatically says, my sheep hear my voice. And life is good when we're hearing from him. And we can grow in this. We don't have to go through life ignorant. We don't have to go through life not knowing the will of God. We can hear the voice of God. You know, radio and television stations transmit 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But we only hear them when we, return, when we turn the receiver on and we tune in. You see, a failure to hear the signal doesn't mean the station isn't transmitting. And likewise, God is transmitting his voice to his sheep. But so many of God's people are not turned on and they're not tuned in. And so many times Christians go before their good, good father pleading, praying, Oh God, transmit to me. I've got this problem. The problem is not with the transmitter. The problem is with the receiver. And so the first thing we must do is we must... Fix our receivers. Believe that God is speaking to you. And start listening. You know, never ever say, I just can't hear his voice. I've been trying to hear his voice. I just can't hear his voice. What is wrong about that? I'll tell you what's wrong about it. It's filled with doubt. And it's unscriptural. To talk about how difficult it is to hear from him when he's made his voice so clear to all of us. Instead of saying, I can't hear his voice, we should be saying, I'm his son, I'm his daughter. I hear the voice of my shepherd and a stranger I will not follow. I hear from heaven. Heaven transmits to me and I receive from him. I want you to look at First Peter chapter, Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. The first and most basic way that we hear from God is through the Word of God. Notice with me in verse 16, he says, We've not followed cunningly devised fables. 
when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Peter's talking about seeing him on the Mount of Transfiguration and walking with him as he walked this earth. For he, Jesus, received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am really ticked off. No, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And it says, in this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. And he talks about this experience. Oh, what a glorious experience it would have been. And I like the mountaintop experiences when we sense the presence of God and when we feel the presence of God and we get a prophetic word from God. But we do not always live on the mountain. And Peter makes it very clear to you and me that that is great and that's awesome, but there is something more sure. There is something more sure that happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said in verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto, he says, that you do well that you casually listen. No, you're doing really good if you will take heed to the more sure word of God. And he says, this more sure word of God, it is as unto a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arises in your hearts. I've got a question for you. What could be more sure than the word of God? What could be more sure than go to the scriptures and have God speak to you directly? I'm telling you, it's as sure as it gets. And I want to encourage you. Don't set aside the more sure word for a vision or an angelic visitation, or something that is on the spectacular side of life. The word of the Lord is as supernatural as if Jesus stood in front of us today and spoke the word to us. The word of the Lord of God is more sure than if 20,000 angels came down here right now. And then you need to be very careful. We are not to seek the spectacular, because the enemy can show up in those areas. Pastor, I had a vision. Well, where is it in the Word? Well, it doesn't line up with the Word. What I have is far out beyond the Word. That's not God. And so you need to be very careful that you balance everything with the more sure word of prophecy. Now notice with me, he said there, he said, you will do well if you'll take heed to it. First of all, we are to pay attention to what we are hearing. Jesus said, take heed what you hear, for with what measure you meet, what value you place on it, it's going to be measured back to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. You know what? I'm a candidate for more revelation. I'm a candidate for more epinosis, inside information. Amen? But I cannot expect to receive more if I don't do and take heed to what I've already heard. See, God wants to take us on. He wants to bring us up. But he's also looking at what we've already been given. And he's looking for you and I to be faithful to the word that we've already heard. Oh, I know that's good preaching. The Amplified says, be careful what you are hearing. You know what that means? You've got to be very careful who you listen to. 
I mean, telling you what, if, if I say things that don't line up with the Word of God, you don't necessarily need to judge me, but judge what's been said. And that's what the Bereans were all about. The Bereans were much wiser than those in Thessalonica, the Scripture says, in that they did receive the Word of God, but once they received the Word of God, they went to the Word of God for themselves, and they searched out those Scriptures daily, whether those things were so or not. You see, when I grew up, I grew up in a Catholic church where the priest was the only one who could open the Word. But aren't you glad that now you and I are born of God and we are a kingdom of priests. We are a royal priesthood. And this scripture is of no private uh, interpretation. We have the more sure Word for ourselves. Woo! Glory! Take heed. Take heed to what you hear. You know... uh, don't be duped by a lot of hype. Hype is good. Excitement is good. Emotionalism is okay. But make sure that the emotionalism and the hype is based on the Word of God, not on someone's strong personality. I just heard some organ music there right now. Whoa! Thank you. Take heed what you hear. But then Luke says, take heed how you hear. How you hear. In other words, with a teachable spirit, valuing with the right attitude, purposefully and intently, hearkening to the voice of the Lord your God who is speaking to you. This sure word, everyone say this sure word, is the number one way that I will hear from him. Back in 1 Peter 1.19, it says it like this. You do well that you take heed, and I love this, As unto a light that shines in a dark place. You do well that you take heed. Because this sure word is a light that shines in a dark place. Now the first thing I see out of that is this. That God is light. And in our good, good Father, there's no darkness at all. He is absolute life. He is absolute love. And He is absolute Light. God is light. And in Psalms 119 verses 130, it says that the entrance of his word, what does it do? It gives light. It gives understanding to people like you and to people like me. We cannot separate God from His Word. God and His Word are one. God is light. His Word is light. And the entrance of His Word brings light into your dark circumstances. I said the entrance of His Word brings light into a dark place. The entrance of His Word brings light and life into a discouraged place. The entrance of His Word gives light into a depressed place. The entrance of His Word gives light. Into a sick body. Come on, somebody, say the light enters my life. Hallelujah. And here's what it does it dispels all darkness, it removes it out of the way. You see, you can be a Christian and battle life's circumstances. And never get the victory over them because of ignorance. And I'm not saying specifically that you're ignorant. But generally the Bible says that my people, not not the world, but my people, they're destroyed for what? 
my people, he said, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge can bring us into a dark place, hearing the wrong things and believing the wrong things and saying the wrong things and acting on as if those were true can bring you into a dark place. So take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear. I love the message translations of Psalms 119 and I guess it's 130 where it says, By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Say this with me. By your words, I can see where I'm going. And they're throwing a beam of light on my dark path. Oh, man. I can remember back in 1974 and 1975 when I was in a treatment center rehabilitating from drug addiction and alcoholism. One song that would play in the background when we were down playing pool between group therapy meetings or playing ping pong was this song, I Can See Clearly Now. And it was good news to me because for two weeks when I went, I couldn't sleep. But after a couple of weeks, I finally got a good night's sleep. I feel like banging my head up against the wall. You see, I was demonized, not only a drug addict and an alcoholic, but I was full of devils. And the devil doesn't like for people to sleep. But when my mind started getting clear and I started getting hold of, of the value of my life and finding out that my life was not over, I said, I can see clearly now. Hey, hey, the rain is gone. The rain is gone. The darkness is gone. And when I got born again and transferred out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, into the light of his family, here's what I could say. Gone are the dark days that had me blind. It's going to be a bright. It's going to be a bright Jesus sunshiny day. And when you get the light of God's word down in your spirit and you start speaking it with your mouth, you can have a bright, bright, sunshiny Jesus day, Jesus life for the glory of God. Come on, saints, let's give him praise. Woo, glory. And that's why we harp on it here. Get the word in you. Think right. Believe right. Talk right. Act right. And guess what? everything will be all right. Doesn't mean you're not going to ever have any challenges. You will be challenged to the hilt. But I heard the voice of the Lord say, Hey, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. I heard Jesus say in the world, you're going to have some tribulation, but get happy. Be a good cheer. I've already overcome the world. I heard the psalmist say, Many are the afflictions of the right. Whoa. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him. He delivers you. He delivers me. Hallelujah. Out of them all. And so And so gird your loins up with the word of the living God. Yea, let it dwell in you richly, saith the Lord. Abide in me. Abide in my word. 
and I will cause the darkness to leave. I will cause the clouds to dissipate, and I will cause you to soar above, says the Lord, just like the eagle. I'll renew your strength. You'll be able to run and not be weary. You'll be able to walk and not faint, says the Lord. But make sure that you put this sure word in your spirit on a regular basis. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Somebody says, why do you do that? Why do you shout? Because I just cannot help it. In verse 20, it says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation, for the prophecy didn't come in old time by will of men, but by the Holy Ghost, men of God, as they spoke and they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so Jesus is the living word. He said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then in Hebrews 4, verse 12, it says that this Word is alive. This Word is alive, guys. It's life to those that find them. It's health to all their flesh. It'll bring life into an unbalanced mind. It'll bring faith into a fear-filled life. God's Word is alive. Is it alive in you? The answer is yes. See, God's Word isn't alive as long as it stays on the coffee table. I heard Fred Price say years ago, the Word of God is alive. The question is, is it alive in you? We must get the word of the Lord off the coffee table into our inner man because this word is full of power and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it is piercing to the dividing asunder of your soul and your spirit and the word of God will even affect your joints. I'm not talking about that. The word of God, forgive me, Lord. The word of God will affect your bones. The Word of God will affect your marrow. Oh, glory to God. He'll enable you to run through a troop and to leap over a wall. I was working out yesterday at Club Sport in Fremont, and I had a question for a trainer. And I was full of sweat. I had done a real good workout on a, on a, on a bike. Uh, what, are they, what are they called these? Spin bike. And I was doing some weights, and, and we both had our iPods on, and I pulled mine off. He pulled his off. He says, how you doing, young man? Hey! He's renewing your youth like the eagles. You do not have to roll up and die at 70 or even 80. Just live till you're satisfied. Let him give you long life. Let him give you strong life. Let him do for you what you could not do for yourself. Hallelujah! Don't talk old talk. Talk bold talk. Don't talk what you don't have. Talk about who you do have. Don't talk about what you don't have. Talk about whose you are and who you are in him and what he has. His name is not El Chipo. He is not the God that is less than the least. He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Oh, Jesus. And so you and I can glean wisdom from the Word of God. 
We can hear from heaven. We can go through the pages of the Bible and God speak to us a rhema word that fits our circumstance. You see, wisdom belongs to you and it belongs to me. And Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5, it says, get wisdom. He said, get understanding. Don't forget it. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I get wisdom? Where do I get wisdom? Well, Proverbs 2, 7 says, the Lord gives wisdom and out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Now notice with me in Proverbs 4, verses 6 through 8. And I want you to read it with me. Please participate. Ready, read. Forsake her not. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Verse 8, read it strong. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when you do embrace her. Wow. You see, wisdom, it is the treasure of all treasures. It bears this out in Proverbs 8, 11, where it says, For wisdom is better than rubies. How many of you ladies like rubies? You get the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God will bring rubies to your house. Hey! It's better than rubies. And all the things that you've desired, they can't be compared to the wisdom of God. In Proverbs 16, 16, it says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold from Gold Rush on Friday night? And to get understanding rather than choice silver. A lot of gold diggers in the world. I mentioned gold diggers. We like to watch it sometimes on Friday night. And I don't like all the strife that they go through. I forward it to the end of the show because I want to see how much gold they got. I mean, give me the money. Show me the money. But wisdom is much greater than gold. It's much greater than silver. Don't spend your life chasing after paper. It's temporary. Don't trade your family in for money. Don't trade your church attendance in for a better job 600 miles away that doesn't have a church. Hey. Felt something up in here. See, the Bible says that the deceitfulness of riches... It enters in, and what does it do? It chokes the word. In other words, choking the word would be tantamount to saying this, that it causes the light of God's word to be dimmed. And so what this is saying to us today is running after money and living our life for the almighty buck is darkness. But not us, amen? Look at your neighbor and say, not us. So here's what wisdom is. Wisdom is simply the application of knowledge How many of you know we live in a world that is knowledge rich but wisdom poor? I mean, people pride themselves on how much knowledge that they have. You know, the Bible said that knowledge puffeth up. You don't want to be known as that light and puffy guy, do you? (laughs) Trying to impress people with all of your knowledge?
But grace and peace will be multiplied unto you through a different kind of knowledge. The knowledge of your good, good father. That's not a knowledge you learned at Harvard. That's not a knowledge you learned at Cal or Stanford. It is a knowledge that you learned in the school of the Holy Ghost. He is your teacher. He is your guide. And he will open the eyes of your understanding. And he will enable you to see things and hear things you've never seen or never heard before. Come on, somebody. Listen to this about wisdom. The wisdom of God, it will teach you the lesson prior to the mistake. How many of you ever heard the old saying, too soon old, too late smart? Too soon old, too late smart. And people say, well, now, Pastor Mark, wouldn't you have loved, wouldn't you just love to go back and be a teenager at age 16? Are you kidding me? Age 16? I still had to get the keys from my dad to drive. Age 16, I wouldn't have known Brenda then. I do not want to go back and not know Brenda. Hey! Valentine's Day is coming up, you know what I'm saying? glory no 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 i would like to have the wisdom that i have at age 65 at age 16 how about you there are just flat some things i would do different one of the first things i would do differently i would have married brenda the first day i laid eyes on her amen yeah there's a lot of things that we have done that we wouldn't do But you know what? Today's a new day. I said today's a new day. Listen to this statement. Wisdom is the ability to make decisions that remove regret from the equation. Say it again. Wisdom is the ability to make decisions that move regret from the equation. And when you are functioning and when you are operating in the wisdom of God that your good, good father has placed on the inside of you, when you take time to attend to his word and draw this wisdom forth from your spirit through prayer and praise and time with me in the word, says the Lord, this wisdom will rise up on the inside of you and will become fruitful to your mind and your path shall be made clear and no longer you'll not be in a place of darkness not knowing what to do, but you'll be able to do what you see and what you hear. You'll be as my son, says the Lord, for I always do those things that please my father. I only do what I see my father do and I only hear and do what I hear him say and do. Hallelujah. That's wisdom. Wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. So the wisdom of God then enables us to make the right decisions. I love this verse of scripture in in the book of Job. And and if you have time, if you could, how many have got a few more minutes today? Well, that's a third of you. Okay, I'll hurry. Now, Job 28. Look at verses 12 through 23. And I want to look at this in the message translation of Job chapter 28. Verses 12 uh, through 23. And I'll read it. 
But where, oh, where will they find wisdom? Where does insight hide? Mortals don't have a clue. They haven't the slightest idea where to look. Earth's depths say it's not here. Ocean's deeps echoes say never heard of it. It can't be bought with the finest gold. No amount of silver can get it. Even famous Ophir cannot buy it. Not even diamonds and sapphires. Neither gold nor emeralds are comparable. Extravagant jewelry cannot touch it. Pearl necklaces and ruby bracelets and the finest automobiles and the finest dwelling places can't touch it. No, none of this is even, listen to this, none of this is even a down payment to wisdom. Oh, pile gold and African diamonds as high as you will. They can't hold a candle to wisdom. So where does wisdom come from? And where does insight live? It can't be found by looking. No matter how dig, deep you dig, no matter how high you fly, if you search through the graveyard the, and question the dead, they will say, we've only heard rumors of it. God alone knows the way to wisdom. And he knows the exact place to find it. Wisdom's crying out. Wisdom's crying out. Wisdom's crying from within the depths of your heart. Take heed to it. Here's what I've discovered about the wisdom of God. That if I will live right and do my very best to walk in holiness and to walk in reverence for the Lord, I understand what this verse means, that the fear of the Lord, it is the beginning of wisdom. And listen, all those who follow his sure word have good understanding. You see, until God is first in my life, I will mute the voice of his wisdom. Until God is first in our lives, we will put the voice of his wisdom on mute. How many of you know that our Father will not be second? The wisdom of God is discoverable by putting him first in our lives. And I'm about to say something that might be a little crass. And if you don't like it, call Pastor Tom. He said you can call him this morning at 3.30. He can be to your house at 4 a.m. And that is this. When he's not first, when he's not number one, our life becomes number two. You got to go, number one or number two. But it's true. Life is a mess. And life is tough when we try to do it in our own strength. Here's what else I've discovered. Because I have the same tests, the same challenges you do. I have the same distractions that come to my life to draw me away from his presence, to draw me away from his word. To draw me away from prayer time. Anybody ever experienced any of that? And I've discovered this. If I get over entertained. And if I don't stay in that sweet spot of his presence. And of his word. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you know going out and living like the world. I'm just talking about not paying attention as much to him as I should. But here's what begins to happen in my little life. And that is this. 
that it's difficult for me to hear because all of a sudden I've sort of opened up the door to the spirit of this age. And I'm not here to condemn me. I'm not here to condemn you. But I'm saying by the word of the Lord that we must keep all doors shut. Time is short. We must open our hearts to him afresh and anew. Listen to this statement. The wisdom of God is defined by our dependence on him. But the wisdom of this world is defined by our dependence on self. Who are you going to trust in your midnight hour? Mere mortals cannot do what your good, good father can do. Wall Street can't do what your heavenly father can do by meeting your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The stock market just went through a correction. The next place the stock market could go to would be a recession. We pray and we hope that it doesn't happen. But I'm here to tell you by the word of the Lord, there are no recessions in heaven. Can I try this section over here? There's no recession in heaven. God never said that he would meet your needs according to your job at Safeway. He never said he would meet your needs according to your job at PG&E. He never said he'd meet your needs according to your job at Kaiser. But he did say, come on, quote it with me. I will supply all your need according to my riches in glory. What do you think about that? That's the wisdom of God. You're unwise if you look too much at circumstances. But you're very wise when you look to your good, good father and say, good, good father, I need to hear from you. And your good, good father will say to you, okay, son, daughter, open the book. We must value what is in the book. In closing, very quickly, turn me to Proverbs 3. Well, you don't need to turn there. We're going to bring it up in the message translation. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 10. This is our first installment on our teaching called Hearing God. Say it with me. I'm hearing. In 2016, I'm hearing from heaven. Now notice these verses. Would you read it with me, please? Are we there? Okay, let's go. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. That's a good place to shout right there. He's going to keep us on track. Verse 7, let's read. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health and your very bones vibrate Every cell, every organ, every tissue of your being, may it vibrate with life. Like a laser, Lord Jesus, minister to every person right now. In Jesus' name. Verse 9, notice this with me, let's read. Honor God 
with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. That's what will happen in your life as you set your heart to hear from him. Did you get anything out of this today? Let's raise our hands in response to the word of God. And let's make some faith declarations together today. Say of me, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the more sure word. I purpose in my heart to take heed what I hear and how I hear. In the name of Jesus, I am your sheep. You are my shepherd. I hear the voice of the master. I close the door on the voice of strangers. Anything and everything that doesn't line up with the word of God, I will reject and I will replace lies with the truth of God's word. Put your hands on your stomach and pray this way. Lord God, may the entrance of your word bring light into a dark place. All darkness must go, must be dispelled by the light of his glory and the light of his word. I purpose the rest of this year to reverence you. And I tap into the wisdom of God. For you are first in my life. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Pastor Tom, if you could come.